Most weight loss programs are short-term fixes, but managing your weight needs a long-term solution. And that's what makes Noom different. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchels.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is April 14th. Happy Friday, everybody. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Vince Velasquez surprises six innings, zero earned runs, three hits, two walks, six Ks, 18 whiffs. He had a gallows pull. What is this, Vince Velasquez? This was against the Cardinals. There's some discussion. Maybe the Cardinals had a Coors hangover. Um, going in cores and then coming out of it, and it's just too different right away. But we've also seen Vince Velasquez have success with his four-seamers in the past. Um, he did have those moments of Blake's on blueprint, that is four-seamers up, and a good slider, 37% CSW thrown down across 30 of them. He gets cores next. You just don't want to do that. Uh, you don't want to pick up Vince Velasquez. Maybe he is a deep streaming option when you're desperate for some strikeouts later in the future. But right now, you can just kind of forget about this. Joe Ryan hinted at being an ace is going to ace with seven innings, one earned run, three hits, zero walks, and 10 strikeouts against the Yankees. Cruise through this one. The Twins gave him an amazing lead early in the first inning. We'll talk about that soon. But his fastball was 92-94 as opposed to just sitting at 92. That is 91-93. So really good to see that. Led to 10 over 58 whiffs on the four-seamer. The splitter and the slider still have work to do for Joe Ryan. It's... Really exciting to know that he has this incredible fastball foundation. Kind of reminds me of Brandon Woodruff in this way. And once he develops that splitter and or slider, Joe Ryan will get the aces going to ace label. Until then, I anticipate some stumbling here and there when the fastball isn't able to dominate like it did here. But I, I really do like where Joe Ryan is at right now. Spencer Turbo went against the Jays. He got the win. Five innings, one earned run, six hits, one walk, and six strikeouts for Spencer Turnbull. I worry a little bit about him. I know this looks like that start that Spencer Turnbull is going to dominate. Well, how he gets his outs. He goes sinkers inside to right-handers. He goes four-seamers that have cut action on them inside to left-handers. And then uses most of the time just sliders of both sides here, right? Sliders are much better against right-handers. And then against lefties also introduces maybe a changeup or a curveball a little bit too. I don't know if this all works too well. The sinker is not... Doing a good job to getting in on right-handers. It falls in the middle of the plate too often. You got a strikeout 94 mile per hour one in the middle of the zone that I really shouldn't have uh, to end his season or end his game. It's just in a season. Um, the fastball has that good cut action. He does get it inside well to left-handers. I think that's actually maybe his best skill set. That and it's sometimes a really good slider. But I don't think it's electric. I don't think this is like, oh man, I cannot wait to have Spencer Turnbull. He's just going to dominate each time. I feel like he needs to grind out Every single start. And this was also one of the better command starts we've seen from Turnbull. So I'm not necessarily thrilled about Spencer Turnbull moving forward. However, it is the Guardians and the Brewers. And that's not the worst opportunities for Turnbull. Just don't expect the world from him. In 12-teamers, I'm not feeling like I need to go and get Turnbull at the moment against the Guardians. Jeffrey Springs, bad news here. Three innings, one earned run, one hit, zero walks, five Ks. That's good. But wait, why is it three innings and 41 pitches? Because he hurt his elbow. He was pulled from the game. We don't know how long it's going to be. The real story here is that now that Springs is gone, 
Taj Bradley is absolutely coming back into the rotation a day after he was demoted, right? Uh, kind of wild. He was demoted, I think, six hours earlier. Something like that. And now he's going to be back in the rotation next week. Taj Bradley is a must-add everywhere in your 12-teamers. Uh, Colin Ray, yeah, you didn't expect me to say his name today. Uh, 5.2 innings, one run, two hits, one walk, six Ks for the Brewers against the Padres. Did not expect this whatsoever. Um, yeah, no, no, don't, don't trust this. Just, just, just don't trust this. Just don't trust this. Okay. I, uh, Chris Bassett against the Tigers, six innings, two hundred runs, four hits, three walks, and seven strikeouts against the Tigers. I, I think this is fine. This is fine. Chris Bassett is someone who uh, had that nine earned run game at the beginning of the year, and we expect kind of these starts regularly. Like, this is essentially like a one one five whip. This is seven strikes, best strikeout per inning, a three ERA. You know, he should be getting the win normally, but Spencer Turnbull had to go one earned run in five innings. Fine. But Chris Bassett, good stuff here against the uh, the Tigers. And sure, his ERA is 7.63, but we can just kind of forget about that first start. And it's just about moving forward, and you should be liking Chris Bassett on your teams. He's very similar in my head to Jordan Montgomery as he went against the Pirates. Also got a loss in a situation where normally the offense would be much better. Six innings, two earned runs, six hits, two walks, five Ks, nine whiffs, 32% CSW. He's doing his thing. It's fine. Uh, his sinker got a lot of called strikes. The secondary stuff did not get the whiffs that it normally does, and that really was a reason why he didn't explode against the, um, or go, I shouldn't say explode, uh, be incredibly sweet against the Pirates. But yeah, you just hold on to Jordan Montgomery. He's going to be like your SP5, and that is cool. Nicolo Dolo, five innings, two and runs, eight hits. Two walks, six Ks, 34% CSW, is a King Cole for the night. He got a bit singled out in this one. He still has all the whiffs. He hasn't had a single game. These three starts have all been at least 15 whiffs, as a fastball and curveball are both legit. You'll love this. Nick Martinez, he did well enough to earn me a streaming victory, but it's just borderline, so um, because he did get a quality start here. Uh, six innings, three and runs, five hits, three walks, and two Ks. Just, ugh, it's pretty much a VP QS, but fine. Um... I think Nick Martinez is not a guy that you need to hold on to at the moment. There's still a little bit of polish that he needs to do, and he has to squeeze it out every night. He's not one of those pitchers that, regardless of him uh, being just fine with his stuff, like it feels like every time he's just fine, he gets burned by it. So it's frustrating to watch because you feel like he should be doing better with what he's doing, but he's not. And it's it's really, really annoying, especially with he with Atlanta next. So... You can move on from Nick Martinez now, come back to his date in Wrigley, and then hosting Cincinnati in San Diego. Oh, sorry, yeah, in San Diego after that. He's on a winning ball club for the most part. He should be a good win pitcher, 90-plus pitches in this one, six full innings. Uh, so I, I'm cool with Nick Martinez for, like, the long haul, but, like, consider other options. If Taj Bradley's out there, go get Taj Bradley instead of Nick Martinez. I do like Nick uh, sorry, Seth Lugo a little bit more right now than Martinez. Corey Kluber went against the Rays. Bailey Falter went against the Reds. And we have to talk about Johnny Brito, Cole Irvin, of course, today and tomorrow's streamers. And we're going to talk about all of those after this break. Eating is an emotional experience, which is why managing your weight needs to be a psychological one. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices 
and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Corey Kluber went against the Rays. He was actually doing pretty well for the first four innings. Uh, and then the fifth frame, it came apart. But he had seven in seven strikeouts, only five base runners, two, four in runs in 4.2 innings for Corey Kluber, 14 whiffs in this. He gets the Twins next, and I'm not really a huge fan of that. Um, but I could see it maybe as a streamer, but the Brewers after should be good. Corey Kluber is not, uh, I mean, he's essentially not really being the best self of 2022 at this point, but for deeper leagues, uh, he still has a shot at, uh, at six innings every single time he goes out. 76 pitches is a little annoying here, but it was just a really bad fifth inning. He just had to get pulled. Um, and seeing the seven strikeouts, that's a really good indication that, yeah, Corey Kluber should be, uh, productive enough in a 15 teamer for those two starts. Um, Billy Falter against the Reds. It was in Cincinnati and really Billy Falter. You only go against weak offenses and Billy Falter in Cincinnati is not that, not that at all. 4.2 innings, five run runs, eight hits, one walk, four Ks. You don't really want that. Adam Aller. Yeah, I don't want, I don't know why Adam Aller is pitching for the athletics. Really? Um, Mason Miller should be pitching for the athletics. He looks, he looks so, so good. Clearly the athletics have room for somebody. Sure, Rusinski, oh no, Rusinski, Rusinski, there we go. Rusinski and Paul Blackburn um, are on the IL and they should return at some point. But man, get us Mason Miller really as soon as possible. Adam Oliver just does not belong here. Uh, Cole Irvin was optioned by the Orioles after this game, which is absolutely insane. Uh, four innings, six earned runs, five hits, two walks, four Ks for Spencer Watkins. I don't know. It seems really strange. Maybe they saw something. That says, look, we know you got to fix this. Just like take two or three starts doing that in AAA and then come back. You'll be much better. I don't know. And Johnny Brito, man, 0.2 innings against the Twins. Seven earned runs, six hits. That's more than he had in his other two starts combined. One walk and zero strikeouts. How am I going to butter my bread with this? Four whiffs, 24% CSW across 34 pitches. With Brito, I mean, everything was just middle. <laughs> middle height on everything. So the change was supposed to be lower. The four seam was supposed to be up. And the sinker was supposed to jam guys. And it just didn't. Yeah, no, this was this was really bad. I feel terrible for him. We can't really trust him next against the Angels. It's possible he does just bounce back if they do lean on him for another start. It, it's really frustrating to see that Domingo Herman, Clark Schmidt, and Brito have all had this issue, right? They've all been really shaky. I mean, Brita before this was not, and now he is. So great. Now all three of these. And I wish there was one that was such a clear winner that we trusted would be not only holding on to the spot once Severino and Rodon return, but also excels in it. And it's just such a mess right now. I'm kind of just avoiding all three. All right. Looking forward to today's games. Kodai Senga, Sean Manaya, Nessa Cortez, Drew Rasmussen, and Charlie Morton are all in that auto start tier. Uh, Manaya, I know going second against the Tigers, but I feel like his velocity is just so good. It's the Tigers, while Nestor Cortez hasn't really had that amazing Excel start yet, and he gets the Twins today. Um, Rasmussen is against the Jays, and the only reason why he's not higher is the Jays. And Charlie Morton, hopefully he does recover um, from his 
Slow start to the year against the Royals, and Kodai Senga is the clear play, I think, as number one against the Athletics. Probable start tier, you have Singer and Sandoval. Singer gets Atlanta, that's why he's not in the top tier. Hopefully he's good enough there. And Sandoval against the Red Sox. The Red Sox aren't so scary, and Sandoval has been good thus far. Noah Syndergaard is going against the Cubs. That's okay. I don't love it. This is the questionable start tier now. Michael Walker just had 10 strikeouts against the Brewers, but I don't really trust what Michael Walker did in his last start. So we'll see how that goes. Cal Quantrill is a solid stream against the, the Nationals, if you can, because that is a good win chance. He'll go six innings, likely. Despite his struggles thus far, this is a good opportunity. Taiwan Walker against the Reds. It's in Cincinnati. I don't really like the fastball uh, variance that he's had thus far. Luis Garcia against the Rangers. We don't really know what kind of Garcia we're going to see. It's a decent win chance, but the cutter's only really been good. The fastball has been all right, and then everything else hasn't really been there. So we'll see there. Teller Wells is the stream pick of the day against the White Sox. He allowed four and runs in six innings last time, but it was a one whip. Good amount of strikeouts. The Orioles are really hot right now. Um, this could work out really well, especially against Clevenger on the other side, who's below him against uh, Baltimore. There's also Marco Gonzalez getting Rocky Road. Which I understand that could work out uh, for Marco Gonzalez. Do I love it? No. Martin Perez is at the bottom of this against the Astros and just above that. Is Trevor Rogers against Arizona? I can see worlds where both of them have success, but do I want to start them? No. It's a questionable start here. I'm not seeking out any of these in a 12-teamer. In the do not start tier, we have Tanner Houck against the Angels. I just think there is enough of a ceiling. Justin Seal against the Dodgers. Justin Steele, that guy. Yes, the Dodgers and his slider is a good pitch. Fastball is too inconsistent. Trevor Williams, Madison Bumgarner, Jose Barrios, and Johan Aviedo. You cannot trust any of this despite their matchups. Well, Aviedo gets the Cardinals and Barrios gets the, J- the Rays. No, thank you. Eric Lauer is getting the Padres. His fastball is at 90-91. No, thanks. James Caprillion, what are we going to see against the Mets? Michael Lorenzen is returning from the IL to clear still ill. And even when he's normal, do we want to start him in the first place, even though it's getting, it's against the Giants. Jake Woodford, the Amish Mustang against the Pirates. No, thank you. Austin Gomber, Louis Varland, and Connor Overton, obviously not. Looking forward to tomorrow, we have two in the top tier. That's it. Just Freddie Peralta against the Padres. He's been so good that obviously he's the number one. And then George Kirby hosting Rocky Road. I'm like, yeah, duh. Second tier... Anthony Descafani is my number three play against the Tigers. He looked really good with his slider and his fastball. The Giants are letting him go over 80 pitches and all. I love this one. Uh, Steven Matz is my stream pick of the day against the Pirates. I know he has a terrible year. rates like eight right now, but it was against Atlanta and Coors. And this is the Pirates. And Steven Matz's stuff has actually looked pretty good. I'm in for this one, especially with a good win chance as well. Seth Lugo against the Brewers. Uh, Tyler Malley hopefully has his good fastball against the Yankees. I think it's well worth the the play here. Ryan Nelson would be the other streamer against the Marlins. I think that's a really good one. The fastballs looked great. Uh, He's pretty much picked up where he left off last year, and the Marlins are not very good. And Hunter Brown and Graham Ashcraft are at the bottom of this because they have tougher matchups against the Rangers and Phillies, respectively, but they are both worthwhile for the starts. And the question will start to you. A lot of people want to put Bryce Elder in the second tier. I'm honestly feeling like I don't need to risk it. I don't want to risk it if I don't have to. Uh, Bryce Elder isn't this electric starter. He gets by. He's kind of like a Kyle Hendricks light. Um, yes, it is a decent win chance. If you need that, sure, push that up a bit. But the Royals could mess this up. Um, Bryce Elder doesn't have his incredible track record of just being amazing. Um, I think it's riskier than a lot of people are thinking it is. So he's in the third tier. While the other ones, I think, have a higher ceiling and have, honestly, similar risk, if not a little bit less than Bryce Elder does here. Uh, John Gray against the the Astros. John Gray has not been that good with his stuff. Now, the uh, 
the results have been all right, but the four-seamer is not at 96, and it's not overwhelming, and the slider is not the elite pitch that it was last year. I'm a little worried about John Gray. I still recognize that some are going to want to still start him against the Astros, and even though it's the Astros, so that's fine. Matthew Boyd was at 91 last time, but he could get back up to 92. The slider only had two whiffs. We could see that improve, and it's the Giants, so I'm leaning... Okay, this is fine. He's in, at, the, at the top of questionable start, but I don't really want to do it. Kyle Gibson is a backup streaming option against the White Sox. That could work. He work, looked good last time, but we've also seen him not have his changeup. I mean, actually, he didn't actually look that good. He, he grinded last time. Uh, so this could not necessarily go your way. Michael Kobeck's on the other side. He was at 96 last time. It's encouraging. He's not tipping his pitches, right? He did that the first start. Still, we've seen Michael Kopeck do well and then not do well. Often, the Orioles are a... Uh, have that Orioles magic right now. You want to be a little bit careful. Zach Plesak, 50% sliders uh, in his last start. And I really like that. Um, I love that he's leaning in on it because that is far and away his best pitch. He gets the Nationals. This might actually work out in your favor. And Chris Bubich is here underneath all those other options. Because, yes, I know he's done well his first two starts. He was at oh, he was over 93 in his first one. Came down just underneath 93 in the second one. The changeup still needs to get a little bit lower. This isn't a... Uh, absolute guarantee that he has success and oh yeah he gets Atlanta this is a situation where I'm all for a spec ad if Bubich comes through here and maintains the improvements we've seen and has success against Atlanta then you're super happy you have him you're confident moving forward but do I want to start him for it it's still very very risky uh Nick Pavetta I've been wanting to believe in Nick Pavetta for about six five years now or something like that I don't know if this is going to be it against the Angels, but maybe you get some strikeouts and stuff. Uh, Tyler Anderson is on his changeup, and maybe it works out against the Red Sox. Carlos Carrasco has not looked good in his first two starts against the Brewers and the Marlins, and his velocity has come down. I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, Domingo Herman uh, against the Twins. I mean, these are three guys that could have a good start, but boy, is it risky. Uh, Matt Strom against the Reds. He's not fully stretched out. It's in Cincinnati, but I kind of like Strom, but I don't want to trust it. And Jameson Tyone has not looked great with his breaking balls thus far. He needs to get in a better rhythm with them. And now he gets the Dodgers and it's very, very risky. But in the do not start tier, and I can see paths for all those guys having success. This is a lot harder. Kikuchi has just not looked good. Even though he's getting whiffs, the command isn't there and he gets the raise. Braxton Garrett is good against weak teams. Arizona's kind of good, so I don't want to do that. Shintaro Fujinami is an absolute cherry bomb against the Mets. Michael Grove could work out, but he hasn't executed his four-seamer against the Cubs, so... I don't want to go for that. Josh Fleming against the, the Jays. No, thank you. Romance Contreras gets blown up against the Red Sox. Now he gets the Cardinals and his fastball is still bad. No, thank you. Chad Cool. Honestly, Chad Cool and Romance Contreras have the same thing. They both have a really good slider and not a good fastball. Just want to put that out there into the world. I'm so sorry. He gets the Guardians. Chad Cool, you're not going to do that. And Ryan Feltner against the Mariners. No way. But right, that is it for today's episode of the plus pitch podcast good luck this weekend i'll be back tomorrow i'm doing these on the weekends thank you all so much for leaving a rating a review either on the pitchless fantasy baseball platform um uh, podcast platform or on the plus pitch it goes a long way for us if you're enjoying these podcasts please take a moment and go and do that Uh, it means a lot to us and it helps us out a ton so thank you all so much but that is it for today so my name is nick pollock and may your balance be low and your strikeouts high